Welcome to Weightlifting Yarns, where we chat about all things weightlifting in Aotearoa and all around the world. Kia ora everyone, we are back on Weightlifting Yarns. I'm back here with the man himself, HJP, Hayden Pritchard. How are you, brother? Yeah, bro, going pretty good, eh? Not too bad on this fine Sunday. Well, actually, it's not that fine outside. There's there's some clouds in the sky. It's not as good a weather as we've had down here in Palmy, and um, you'll be well aware that Palmy is a great place for weather. You know, heaps better than up, up where you are anyway. Yeah, good old Palmy weather. No, well, it's pretty crappy this this way too, actually. It's... um. Yeah, it's lucky um, that we didn't have to train or anything outside because you wouldn't be training in these gale winds. Um, but, mate, mate, how about that comp yesterday? That was good. That was good. Yeah, man, that went that went really well. Um, I'm starting to get a, the hang of that whole jumping between um, one person and then the next as the referee yeah. trying to kind of see um, – the happenings because sometimes you'll have the next lifter coming up and you'll be flicking between your screens find, trying to find the right person so it was a bit more efficient than the first time uh, it's probably harder than refereeing in person to be fair yeah I think um, it helps me not refereeing as well because uh, I was able to just monitor and deal with people's messages and um, all that sort of stuff it gave it because at the end of the day, we also don't want it just for the coaches, but if we could build a way for the athletes as well. Uh, for the, uh, Sorry, not just for the athletes, if we could do it for the coaches as well, for their own growth and um, their own ability to get into a comp mode, essentially. Um, like I was thinking, maybe once we've got registered athletes, we could have a coach's WhatsApp. Um, then I can keep an eye on, essentially, how many... Um, um, attempts they've put in and think where it just brings a bit more intensity about what people are uh, trying to do. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it could be improved as well. It's um, I want to try Richie Wong slash Patterson's way as well. I'm going to have a look into it this week. That's a bit of a goal of mine. Um, he's told me about what's it called? Um, he's told me about open broadcast software. So, um, I can have a look at that, but uh, I hope the laptop I'm using um, has enough, um, is powerful enough, I guess, um, for me to be able to do it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to get another one going this week. I've got to put up um, a thing on my story to get that going. Are you going to limit that to eight athletes again? Is that the intention? Well, well, what do you reckon? Do you reckon we can cope with more? I think it would be possible. It might be a little bit longer, but I think, what, we were done within an hour 15? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah we're getting done quick um, because cause we're not having to worry about loaders coming on and off and all that sort of stuff, and people are loading their bars pretty quick. Um, I just think, because what happened, what happened yesterday, I couldn't go live on Facebook, and I think it's to do with our laptop because the laptop's a work one because um, it was kicking me off at the centre and at home, so... Um, we're going to try that on Haley's this week and see if it kicks us off. And if that's the case, then it means that I've got to get on to pinning who is lifting. Otherwise, yesterday when I realised it wasn't going live, um, I shared the link and people joined in. They've just got to join in with their audio and video off and then I can actually remove all participants that don't have their video on so that they are removed out of the grid view. 
and that then that's okay. They can still watch, but they are essentially um, not taking up any sort of um, space where you're trying to sift through to find the lifter who's about to lift. So Do you know what I mean? Way, there's a way that you can kind of shut it off so that if the referee is swiping through people, they don't have to go through yeah, those. A whole fields. bunch of people that are, yeah, that are watching. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's the key. But we're, we're going to play around with it even further this week because I want to get another comp in before um, our OWNZ board meeting on the 13th of May because we're really trying to figure out ways of what competitions look like moving forward. And um, I I know that um, we've got to be creative and um, around this around this process, but we want people to get get um, kind of lines in the sand for themselves so they know. Okay, if I have a Zoom comp coming up in end of whatever, um, that I can be prepared. And I'll, you know what, I'm loving it. Um, I, I love doing this. I love the connection. Um, you know, Otago Weightlifting and um, whoever's on their social media there put up a pretty cool post um, with Patty and uh, just talking about connecting back with, into the weightlifting community and things and I just find it really important um, so if the, for people listening if you are a guru on this stuff please get in touch because I, I'm like um, fumbling my way through bloody um, <laughs> trying to figure this out so if you're a guru on this I know Richie P is and I'm going to talk to him further he's pretty good at this stuff uh, but I just want to make sure that we've got people in our community that really know what they're doing, sing out because we'd love your we'd love your support. And if we can run it on more forums, you know, you know, not just me hosting, but other people, then um, let's let's tee it up, you know, let's tee it up. Yeah. No, it's good. I mean, I think it's been the people that have um, participated have found it good and have given some good feedback so far. I don't know what you've heard from the people that actually lifted in the competitions. Yeah, I think um, every, every, well, everyone's been absolutely pumped. You know, um, you know the, the the feedback's all been positive. Um, and end of the day, what we're trying to provide is uh, a, a chance for people to bring that competition um, kind of intensity. But also, mate, it's just a, 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 again, it's about getting on board with a whole bunch of other lifters. And um, and really having a chance to have a bit of a hit out. Um, so yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think end of the day, um, we would love to all get back to the to the four by four. Um, but what that looks like right now, in the middle of of COVID, we just don't know. So I think this is certainly something we're worthy pushing forward with. Yeah, well, speaking of that, I mean, if we if we even got back to level two, uh, what sort of likelihood do you think there is of us being able to have in-person competitions? Is it something that could happen? Is it something that is completely unlikely? I mean, I know you're on the OWNS um, executive board, mm. I think it is. Um, what yeah. have the discussions been like on that? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it brings up a whole raft of issues. But I was had a bit of a chat yesterday to Robbie Sultan down in um, wherever it's Nelson, where he is. Um, actually, he was pumped. I don't know if you saw. He did a 170 kilo snatch balance plus overhead squat monster. Um, but um, 
they are going back to rugby training in level two. So they can't have contact, but they can do passing drills. And, and for me, I'm thinking, what the hell's the difference of passing a fucking ball and handling a, a barbell? Um, uh, I'm pretty sure they're not wiping down the ball between every pass. So we, we, we don't really know. Um, we, what we are trying to, what we know is that sharing a barbell um, and obviously like in warm-ups, um, we're not often, you know, it's not often you can go to a club comp where you've got 12 participants and you can have your own platform and own barbell and own plates. Um, usually you're sharing plates and bars and things like that. So that's a conundrum. And then um, the chalk bucket is a conundrum. And then, of course, the actual competition bar um, is the big conundrum because everyone's got to go through and use that. I mean, yep, you could probably wipe that down um, with some wipes um, every time and the lifter would just have to make sure they um, really chalk up. It's potentially a BYO chalk situation. Um, and then as you go up to the chalk bucket, either take your chalk or maybe sanitise and chalk. I don't know. But Richie's putting together all those sorts of things and what it looks like in terms of physical distancing and um, – um, you know, hosting competitions, what it might look like and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's like what we've done with our um, daycare centre. It's like we can only operate off what the Ministry of Health um, and the guidelines are, Sport NZ, and we just we just want to try to return to normality as quick as possible but making sure that we're keeping people safe. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, it is, it is one of those things we all want it to be back as it was um, previously with having our, you know, comps we at Palms North Weightlifting Club, we had literally, as I said earlier, I think in the earlier podcast, we were going to be hosting a competition that very first weekend um, where lockdown started. And so yes, that's right. To, we had to make that call not to host that, but then a couple of days later, Jacinda announced the level four. So there was no chance, but that was going to be our first competition locally this year. Um, so, mm. Mm. you know, the, the lifters that have been training for that end up a little bit disappointed and, you know, don't really know what they've got to look forward to. So, yeah, and I think, and this is a, a worthy conversation, and, and I know um, some clubs and coaches, uh, like Robbie said, uh, Strength HQ are doing Zoom Fridays, which is awesome to hear about. Um, and then I know there's other clubs doing other things. I mean, it's, obviously, it's dependent on what gear people have. But, um, yeah, I think as a coach trying to keep your, your athlete motivated in terms of, oh, we've got to, what are we training towards or for, is a, is a real cool pathway to really shift the, the mindset of an athlete. Because imagine the Olympians, and especially – people who were going to qualify for their first Olympics, um, you know, and then they're like, oh, well, now it's being ripped out from me and it's next year and it's up in the air around qualification and blah, blah, blah. So the real challenge in, is going to be around um, how do you keep your athlete focused and motivated um, so that you can continue to move forward in this time? And, what we've taken the chance to, we've taken the opportunity to do in this period is really make sure that we can um, have an opportunity to approach heavy weights um, in the week and approach um, certain levels of or certain volumes um, and set goals around every training session and just try and be really present and accountable 
in each session versus just going through the motions, oh, yeah, because we're moving towards November, whatever, when the next comp is going to be, or blah, blah, blah. So it's a challenge in itself to keep the motivation high, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for personally, for myself, it hasn't been too big of a deal because, I mean, I'm not an elite-level performer, but I can imagine, you know, especially the ones, as you mentioned, that had the Olympics on the horizon, that's a pretty pretty massive change to have to go through. And, I mean, it is just sport at the end of the day, um, but people devote their whole lives to preparing for that. And so to have that sort of pulled out from underneath you and chucked a year and, you know, a year away probably makes it a little bit um, challenging approaching training with the same sort of intent when you thought you were about to hit the biggest peak of the quad. Now you've got to try and extend that for another year. I think there was an article um, about Mahe Drysdale um, recently where he's, he's questioning whether he's even going to continue and build up to the Olympics after this, because it's just throwing him for six. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not an easy yeah. one for those top level guys. Well, take take weightlifting, um, six qualification meets in eighteen months. Um, so, and and it's and it's been brutal. Um, you know, um, I like I think Tina did a good job, and 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 that David's pretty much qualified um, in terms of the top spot in Oceania. Um, so he had a period where he could have potentially turned up to Nauru and weighed in. I think that's pretty much where they were at. Um, or he, I mean, he could have gone out and competed as well, but um, I don't know what tennis plans were. But I think, and the Chinese were like that as well. They were actually well ahead. Um, they picked up that meet in, uh, in Switzerland and things, and they were well ahead. So I guess for them, the concern's not really there. Uh, because they're essentially there, and if you're one of the top eight athletes as well. So so my question, when I, and I'd love to know what people are doing, is like, are they having a big break? Um, you know, um, it doesn't, it, like Kate Nye certainly looks like she's backing off on intensities. You know, there's, like I saw her doing, she said on the, on the post this morning, like eight singles at 85, which is obviously well under um, her higher percentages. So, yeah, it's a real challenge, but I guess in, in all, in all, everyone's in that boat, aren't they? Everyone's in that boat. I think the heat will pick back up once we can have Oceanas, Europeans, Pan Ams, all those again, and we start throwing that in, and then, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Look, another year of, of brutal qualification is, is not what is required because some people have really, well, they've got injured or burnt out or... Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that moves forward. Definitely is, definitely is. Yeah, I just, um, moving forward, I, I think um, going into comp prep is a real interesting one um, when you try to prep people into going into heavy days. Um, it's a fascinating part of our sport and um, like how often, how frequent is a heavy day for an athlete who copes well, who doesn't cope well. So, for example, um, I, and I'm talking to, obviously, the people that I coach now. So, um, Haley's a real interesting one in that Haley, her, her thresholds are not as high in terms of her being able to cope with higher intensities for multiple reps. And, and it's because I believe, and this is what she's working so hard on, 
it's her strength levels, um, the reserves are not really high, right? So um, we're working hard on her squat strength. Uh, we're working hard on, on patterns in the squat as well. She had a real big tendency to shoot back. I, and I, it sounds crazy because the kid's super strong, but but her legs weren't strong enough. Um, so, so her coping with um, heavier days for multiple reps is actually a big mental challenge for her. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm really interested. To, I'd love to hear about what other coaches are doing in terms of preparing people for heavy days. You know, I see Sammy's training heavy and um, or Piper and and uh, all these all these athletes out there um, that you know Robbie Salton, all these guys, Andy and them, they're training really heavy. So, well, I'd love to know and, and explore other coaches' ways and methods of of helping um, a get their athlete up for those heavier days, and b um, continue the development in whether it be strength or technique or um, application or middle approach um, to those training sessions. Yeah, yeah, um, and I guess that that we can we can use that to transition into uh, the coaching development side because I guess the way that people approach those types of things come from their experience, their introduction to the sport, mm. um, how they kind of became you know a coach or their coaching philosophy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I know we mentioned that the other day we wanted to have a bit of a yarn about how someone yeah. can get into coaching the sport because we had that chat about pathways and athletes. Um, yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, if we if we want to go on to that, if that's cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the coaching pathway is is, a, is an awesome discussion. Um, I think it's a real valid discussion. I think we've got a lot of great people out there that um, are very very good coaches um, and are great with people, uh, and and it's important to discuss those pathways. So so when. When I started, the pathway of becoming a coach was well, you just defaulted to becoming the coach, right? Because <laughs> um, um, maybe, and, and maybe this is what it was, I just seemed to snatch and, and maybe not jerk, but certainly snatch um, a better and clean better than others. And I was like, okay. Um, and then my, my interest in trying to develop myself as an athlete, um, and this was based through CrossFit, um, was there and my, my thirst for knowledge was there. But it's a lot different these days. Um, you know, there's a way more, there's way more access to people like Richie Wong, Richie Patterson, all these people that want to help people move into coaching. Yeah, and I think that's, that's where I've, I've sort of found a lot of my knowledge in the area is just through being willing to talk um, and ask questions like, as I mentioned again in the first podcast, I think it was um, my first experience with coaching was kind of teaching one athlete how to perform the movements because I was interested in the movements. They were interested in the movements. They wanted to try it. And it was kind of just like learn as you go. Um, and then that led to some more formalized um, education in the area. But a lot of it was sort of seeking resources and seeking people through the web um, it's it's an interesting discussion because there's so many different ways that you can come into it. Like some people will come through and they will have been a you know high level athlete themselves, and then they'll they'll get across to 
the near the end of their career, let's say, and they might start to work with athletes and they've got all of this knowledge about the movements from doing them. Um, and then you have other people like myself who pretty much came in with nothing um, in terms of my own experience as an athlete. But I almost started coaching before I competed or very close to when I first started competing. So I've kind of done both yeah. of those things as yeah. I've gone. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly the same as me. It mirrors the same as me. And actually, when I was just when you were just talking there, I was thinking, well, how many um, coaches that we do we have right now that were high level Olympic weightlifting athletes? Richie Patterson mm. in New Zealand, and yeah, yeah, Saxon, Saxon, I know um, helps out. Um, I know Lou, Lou Ganaris, um helps out. A lot, um, coaches a lot. So um, there's not many, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, so that what that shows is that we've got a base of base of coaches um, that haven't come from being an Olympian or a Com Games rep or whatever, um, or even a national champion. <laughs> yes. You know, um, but the availability of information. And the willingness of people within our community to work alongside people uh, is is so high that it actually isn't a concern. It isn't a concern. Uh, I think where where it comes to talent development and systems and structures that ensure longevity and um, continual growth um, with a lifter is probably a bit shortcoming for us right now because. Um, we don't have a mass of high level, highly, you know, the average 75, 76 kilo lifter in America, what they lift compared to what the average 76 kilo lifter lifts in, in New Zealand is, I'd love to know the stat on that, but it's probably, I would suggest in total, um, versus total versus total, probably 20, 30 kilos off, um, yeah, not, maybe that's giving it too much, but at the end of the day, the pathway into coaching weightlifting is a far um, more welcoming prospect today because there's a need for a higher level coaching in weightlifting in gyms gen, um, traditionally where it comes out of whether it be not just CrossFits now because you can, you can do Olympic weightlifting in a lot of places now, not just CrossFits. You know, pe- people are okay with it. You, you can walk into a globo gym and um, and find bumpers, and people don't look at you strange if you drop them. When you know, five, four, or five years ago, if you dropped bumpers on their platform, people still came out and told you not to drop the bar. So, um, there's certainly a big need for for weightlifting coaches, um, and the pathway certainly there. Like, so I guess if I go go to a similar thing like we did with the with the athletes as well. Um, if you had like someone who wasn't necessarily in the sport already, what would kind of your advice to someone be who's, who's interested in the sport? They've seen it. Um, they might've been exposed to it through CrossFit, but they're more interested in the weightlifting side. Um, and yep. kind of how could they go about, I guess, upskilling um, and getting to know stuff because it's quite hard if you're sitting there as a want to be coach with zero athletes like where do you start? Yeah, good question. And um, and actually, right now, um, we're not doing enough in that space. We're not. Uh, I, I don't think um, 
as a sport, we are providing enough development opportunities for the, for those coaches to turn up to a seminar or a, and that's actually on my mission list that, that during this COVID thing, like, uh, and you know, you and I, I've got this going, I've got the weightlifting um, zoom comps going, that's on my list. Right. And that's actually really high on my list because I want the likes of Fiona and Cole and, and Hamilton and them. And, um, you know, um, people that Alfano down in um, Papa Moore Barbell and Rotorua and that. And it's not about them coming to a seminar with me. It's about getting us all in the room and working together and what that looks like. And I, I, I'm, I'm actually just going to move forward with a lot of that because so what you're asking is what do they need? And it's, and it's the ability to turn up to things to improve themselves. If I need to go and learn how to drive a car, I can ask my parents, we'll probably fight with them, or my brother and sister, or I can go and enroll in some lessons and go and learn how to drive a car, right? There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a pathway there. Well, we need to be doing the same thing. Um, Richie does a great job. He runs the uh, technique weekends. But do, do the technique weekends focus on coaching? They, yes, they, they, he coaches them through movements, but we all know that coaching is not just teaching you how to snatch and clean and jerk. We know that coaching is far more, far deeper than that, far deeper. So, mate, I'm really passionate around that, and 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 it's a watch the space because I, this week I'm going to be working on some stuff because I, I and I'm going to start kind of locally with it well when i say locally that kind of central north island is where i'm where i'm really keen to target because there's a whole big number of weightlifting um clubs through this region that we could all get together and share resources and um once we're out of this covid mate i'd love to have a weekend in in whanganui or palmy or rotorua or Todong here or whatever welly whatever um, where we can all just get together as coaches and yarn and bring some athletes and get people lifting and, you know, um, go about it that way. There's just... Yeah. Um, and I know yeah. we've, had, we've had things in the past, like where we brought some Palmy athletes down to um, Upper Hutt and had sort of a bit, of a bit of a knowledge share with Chris and some technique-type stuff that weekend. But I think mm. the idea of it being a coach's development thing would be quite useful as well. Um, yes. Like just almost getting like a not necessarily, I don't know, you know, just but, but getting a group of coaches together to discuss their ideas and share information um, would be valuable. But again, we're probably targeting the people who are already in it um, with something like that. And I'm yeah. all for it. I think it would be extremely valuable to be able to get some heads together in, in our sort of you know localized region that that central north, which is quite big, but. Um, you know, that would be awesome to get some coaches together and maybe bring some athletes along. Um, but in terms of for the beginner coach, what, what yeah. can we kind of do to better engage them or better determine who, the, like, you know, because as, as the people that are keen on the sport, we kind of need to be able to find them um, before yes. we can go make something for them. Because until you know who they are, you don't really know exactly what their trials and tribulations are to get further into the school yeah. or further into um into starting to actually work hands-on with athletes yeah yeah i think um to address that and if that if we're looking like okay how do we pick up these beginner coaches that's what you're asking eh? Almost, how do, how yeah, do we yeah yeah, yeah. or how yeah. do you engage so, the coach yeah 
to to bring them across to yeah so um generally generally in in my opinion um coaches always want to improve and it makes sense to us as as a well it makes sense to me sorry it makes sense to me that as the governing body of two of their primary movements that they use in this in their gym which is crossfit um or whatever, whether it be in a strength and conditioning, functional fitness, whatever, um, we may as well promote um, that we can upskill and work with people in there. We, we, we're not at that point yet, uh, and, and and let me tell you, like we're, we're always are discussing this these facets of of um, growth in our sport, and um, but for right now, we're still at that relationship base access. So it's it's like. Well, who do you know that knows someone that you know that could get me into talking to this person about weightlifting? Yeah. That's where we're at right now. We're at that social um, kind of relationship-based um, word-of-mouth process. And that's why I'm quite vocal on the sport um, publicly on my social media and things is because I want people to feel and know that they can get in touch with me. Uh, like just last week, I was, I was working alongside um, Fiona and, and Carl, um, Carl is coached by Fiona out of Waikato Weightlifting, um, and I felt privileged that she messaged me and said, "Hey, could I get a hand and just could you have a look at what's going on here?" And da 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 da. Um, also, um, um, another guy from America. Um, I was talking to him yesterday um, that I was used to do Penlay Wad with. You know, um, it, because I'm quite prominent on social media about that, so. My first, I guess, my word or my challenge to our current batch of coaches is this. What are you putting up that's not just your athletes lifting heavy? So what are coaches, my, my challenge is what are coaches doing that's not just putting out um, an athlete lifting a bar um, or lifting lifting weights? Um, how, how often are we sharing uh, to our communities, uh, our social media communities, um, what what they are, what we are trying to uh, exhibit and coach. So I've been trying to. I've done a couple of Instagram lives. Um, I've put up that technique video of, with Haley, um, and I'm gonna. I, I plan to do a lot more of that stuff because um, not only does it keep me engaged with other people and trying to hear other people's techniques and views and thoughts on that, but we've, it's my gift back to everyone. Um, it's it's having the willingness to um, share an athlete's um, focuses and tribulations and trials and training that and how you overcome those, whether it be psychological or um, technical um, or recovery or uh, anything. I think the challenge has got to be to share more of what we do on a day to day basis. So, how that what that might look like for me for for a beginning coach is going live on Instagram and, and asking people, um, hey, uh, if you want to, if you've got questions, give, shoot them out to me again. And you know what, I might sit on for two or three, two or three or four Facebook lives, and no one might ask a thing. So that's cool, that's fine, but I'm still available. You know, the second thing is, um, and I've got to get onto this. I've been um, kind of slack really. But um, I've run seminars in, the, in this year 
with, with um, a few CrossFit gyms. So I'm going to go back to them and say, hey, um, if you guys, because you guys are still at level two, uh, still not at level two, you're still outside of gyms, would you like me to come live into your Facebook group um, and I can run a snatch technique session with Haley in the garage? You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Because the challenge, the challenge of getting out information and showing that we are accessible is where I've always been with the sport. There's never been a piece of me at the sport that hasn't been about accessibility, whether it was me trying to access information or others. Um, uh, going to Worlds and watching Worlds in 2017 was probably one of the, certainly the best sporting highlight of my life. Right, and I've been to Origins, and I've been to I've been lucky enough to go to other sporting events, all black games, all that sort of stuff. Mate, that World Champs was just unreal, and it wasn't just the competition platform. In fact, that wasn't the best part for me. It was the training hall. It was the training hall. It was talking to coaches from America, from Georgia, from uh, I managed to talk to um, Mr. Sunas coach. Just spent a lot of time with them. Like I talked to people uh, and. Uh, talk to the British athletes, Sarah Davies and the like. That was about me accessing more and more information um, to improve my own knowledge of the sport. And we want to provide that same situation, you know. Um, and that's where I think for a beginning athlete, the challenge has got to be for our top, well, not just our top coach, just our coaches in general, putting more stuff up around whether it be coaching, technique, um, mental application, all that sort of stuff. I think that's awesome, mate. And like the, the, as you say, I think having some sort of structured program of this is you jump in and you do a level one and then you do a level two, that st- sort of stuff doesn't always work, I think, as intended. I think it's beneficial, beneficial in that you have a structure and you know what someone has been introduced to or understands, but it doesn't necessarily produce the best coach, you know, by following a one, two, three step method. Um, no. I, you know, I'm all for having a set structure in terms of knowledge. Like, you know, as an educator in tertiary, we have learning outcomes and we have to show that our yep. students have met those learning outcomes through assessments. And that's how we, you know, collect evidence that they know, we know that they can do paper A, paper B, paper C. So it gives you mm-hmm. at least an idea of their knowledge base. But I think so much of it comes from what you're saying with, with having coaches that are willing to be open and willing to chat and I guess part of that as a new coach then means that, that that new coach needs to be willing to, you know, step a, step up and talk to people who they see um, in the in the field. You know, the likes of you, the likes of um, Chris Gibbs, Virtue Wong, etc. The list goes on. I'm just talking about the ones that I've had, you know, relationships with. Mm. Um, yeah. But I think as the new coach, you have to be willing to say, I don't know everything. Um, about yeah. this and I need to talk to other people because as you've said you know your you, some of your biggest learnings is just talking to people some of my yeah. biggest learnings is you know as just sitting down and yarning about what people do um, yeah yeah and I think I think what you say about sharing the stuff that you do so that people can kind of look at your process and then take bits and pieces of it that that fit them is really quite a useful thing um, just the last couple of weeks I jumped on um, Spencer Arnold was running some like how he designs his programs um, online through Zoom. And so I jumped on a couple of those and, you know, learned. Uh, and for me, for me, the 
the programming stuff, I mean, I understand that I'm a sports scientist. I've, I've studied that. I've got an idea of the theory behind these things. But to see how someone at that level goes through their process of this is step A, this is step B, this is step C, and how they write um, their programs, it was really insightful just to get that idea of this is how someone else does something. Um, yeah. Because we can get so caught up in our ways of doing things. And I guess if you come from another sport, learning from someone else who has already written, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of programs for weightlifters, you're going to pick up some things that, you know, that whole stand on the shoulders of giants type thing. It just, it gives you that, that level up and it gives you that ability to not have to wade through um, the murky waters as much um, because you've got a yeah. little bit more of a roadmap. I mean, it's not the be all and end all because there's different ways to do things and there's different ways you might like to teach something or fix something than I would, but you can have a foundational framework. And the, yeah, and, and the foundational framework is your philosophies, in my opinion. Like, um, that's where I think the growth comes when I start hearing a coach talking to me about, and like you say, they might dispute um, or, or, or disagree with how something's taught. I don't think you should even, I don't think you should necessarily disagree. I think you should dispute things. I think curiosity and that's what Kelly and I was really because curiosity is one of my core values around coaching and just living actually mm. curiosity uh, um, it's staying curious around why a coach is asking an athlete to do certain things is, is you know it's like why does this coach make his athletes squat every day versus this coach who makes his athletes squat once a week and that they do 10, 10 by 10 so at the end of the day like our sport's very easy to, easy to measure in terms of success because you can either put the weight above your head or you, or you can't mm. that like, um, and it's actually very brutal, isn't it? Like you can train a 16 week block and be out in the first three snatches. Like that's it. So, um, hopefully not, <laughs> hopefully not but, but, but that, that's the reality of our sport, isn't it? Um, so I think with it, with its black and white nature, we can't, People can assume that oh well, there's a there's a one way to get people strong and get people accurate and get people mentally tough. But in a, in a black and white sport, there's actually a ton of grey area where you need to be able to talk through things because people plateau, people strength plateau, people strength their their, their technique plateaus. They uh, or provides a situation where they're just not improving or um, and what's the approach there? Well, how do you have a difficult conversation with an athlete around maybe um, that they're not getting their recovery done and, and it's evident? When do, you, when do you have the conversation to support yourself, to turn around and say to an athlete, hey, I believe that this part of my program is not working for you. What's your thoughts? Um, you know, um, uh, an interesting situation where – you could, we, we, as, a, as a coach, we've got to be accountable for a whole bunch of situations. If you don't have another person to lean on and say, hey, Ray, this is what's going on. This has been the program for 12 weeks. We still are not seeing any growth in this, this, and this. I think it's, is it my programming or is it the athlete? That's where um, I'm talking about ac having access to myself or Richie Wong or other coaches, Simon and them. That's where the growth for the beginner coach can be now because we are far more willing to, to, 
to give that coach an opportunity to discuss that grey. Because there's a lot of grey in our sport. There's a lot of grey. Do you think in terms of the New Zealand scene, that's something that we could do um, as like a coaching network almost, um, would be that there's a list of coaches in each area who could almost act as a mentor coach or at least have a discussion with someone who's interested in it. Like have, I know we're accessible on Instagram, but in terms of finding people, Mm, mm. um, it can be quite hard. But if you had like a list of these are the coaches of these, like I know we have the club list, right? But perhaps this would be a really explicit, um, just just coaches contact list for coaches who are willing to be involved um, as a mentor and help out other people that want to get into the sport. Like, if there was some sort of catch-all resource um, of coaches from around New Zealand who were interested in being involved in helping other people get into coaching and bouncing those ideas. So, you know, like I, when I was first getting into with the Yuko Weightlifting Club every week, I would meet with Richie Wong via, you know, just on a phone chat and I'd just chat through some issues. Like I might've been seeing a technical issue and I'd ask Richie about that or, it was a programming yeah. thing or an athlete thing. And it was just have a, have a, you know, just a yarn basically for an hour, um, you know, mm. or however long we needed just to sort of chew the fat and go through those um, issues. But I think some people might not feel like they have access to people. Um, mm. And I think, I think, Hayden, yeah. The big thing, Hayden, though, I, I don't think that needs right now, and I'm taking off my OWNZ board hat here. I don't think that it has to come from OWNZ, right? And and yeah. and this is where I've been a little bit tied to being on the board because I've waited for board um, approval in my own head. This has nothing to do with the board. This is just my own head where I've got to be like, fuck it. Uh, uh, let's do it for the sport. Um, and, and OWNZ jump on board or they don't, you know, um, and that's why I'm saying like, oh, I've put the onus on myself coming out of this COVID where I've had a lot of time to think and reflect on what's, what's out and about for, for coaches and for athletes. Well, I don't think we need OWNZ, um, approval to go and run camps, you know, run coaching workshops with people. Yes, we want OWNZ to, uh, to be on board, and they will be. 100%. I've, I can guarantee that if we were to set things up, OWNZ would do whatever they could to, to back whatever's going on. They would. I know that 100%. I'm real confident in our board. But I've sat back and waited for OWNZ stuff to come up. When That's actually not real. I've just got to get moving, you know? Um, and because there are people like yourself um, that, or you know, like Kyle and O and Fee and all that, you know what? You guys might end up coaching um, Samara or Kana or or Haley or athletes at, at at internationals because maybe I can't go, maybe such and such can't go, and da 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 can't go, and we have to put the trust in you. So we might as well get that shit rolling now. You know what I mean? Um, and not sit around and wait for OWNZ because. And there's some real big change coming with OWNZ, and we're really pumped with where we're, the direction we're heading. I personally am really excited, but it's just about um, application and, and getting getting um, you know getting runs on the board with all of that stuff. But 
I believe there's already big enough momentum with what I'm doing personally um, that I can, in terms of relationships, that I could ring you, Shane, um, Gibbo, da da da, ring probably Richie Wong and say, hey, we're going to have this weekend, and then boom, we're all at the Mount or Rotorua or whatever, or, or Hamilton, and bang, um, we all get together, we, we're all staying in some motel, some crappy, dingy motel, and laughing about whatever's going on, and, and coaching a few athletes through some stuff. It can happen, and it's going to happen, because I'm determined to come out of this having a plan in place to develop, um, to continue to, to um, collaborate with coaches. It's fucking, yeah, it's awesome, just got to happen. Awesome, yeah. I'm, I'm keen as to be part of something like that. Um, it would definitely be cool, and it would be one of those things that I think you'd look back on and you'd realise that that helped to develop a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you've got to be um, a little bit careful, and I guess the reason why I like the idea of there being, being an organisation in charge of it is that it's a lot easier to avoid leaving people out, but I guess that's how we can publicly maybe promote something like this that it's not an exclusive group of of us necessarily meeting up i mean it could be it could be that you want to get you know a small group together to really deep dive into some of the coaching stuff but by the same token if we're wanting to develop a lot of people um in one go it would be one of those things where if we could have you know x number of spaces um and then those you know whoever wants to come is is free to come yeah, and that's where um, we can, because we're not absolutely acting underneath the guise of someone else, uh, like of uh, OWNZ, where it's just a group of people getting together. We don't have to charge. There's no costs. You know, it's basically pay your own way to turn up and and um, work with a group of people, you know, Um and I don't mind taking the lead on those sorts of things. And I know I'm bloody adamant that people like Richie Wong um, and that would be really keen um, to take the lead on those sorts of things as well. But we've got to, we've got to, it's, it's the multiplier, it's the multiplier um, mindset, right? It's, it's the fact that if I can work with a group of people that go out and work with a group of people that go out and work with a group of people, then we're going to grow because we want to know and we want people to feel that, okay, I want to get into this coaching business. Who can I talk to? And what we've identified already is, well, generally it's around social networks. So if we grow the social networks and we get our fingers out into all these areas where you're either Olympic lifting in a, some gym or school or CrossFit gym or, or um, functional fitness center or whatever, um, and our social networks continue to spread because we're running systems or, or running times where there's groups of coaches catching up and they continue to pass on knowledge, then we're always going to be on a win, aren't we? The growth of rugby and cricket and, that, and the coaching in that space, what's it by? It's, it's participation, isn't it? It's, it's participation. And then from there, in participation, people decide – oh, actually, I really love coaching and I'm going to try to move up. And maybe they, you know, um, they, they follow their own children and they start coaching their own children, but then their children might leave school or leave the sports system. And then, But they're like, actually, I still really love this sport um, and I'm going to carry on coaching in this buddy thing. Um, it's, it's about just getting runs on the board, which is getting people in, uh, in and about. So 
And I guess what would it, what would it look like in a weekend? That's up for debate. But at the end of the day, it's people coming together and having the chance to talk about what they are experiencing and um, and share and grow. You know, pretty straightforward um, recipe, isn't it? Yeah, and I think you don't like with something like that where people are getting together and sharing stuff is sometimes structure actually leads to worse outcomes. <laughs> um, yeah, because you feel like you have to stick to something. Um, and yeah. so some sort of semi-structured approach could be quite good, you know, where we're going to have some sort of a, a period of time where it's programming, a period of time where it's um, dealing with specific, um, you know, parts of the mental game or mm. competition coaching or whatever aspects you're kind of looking at, but have maybe someone, you know, you could, and I guess we're getting into too much detail here because we're, we're not necessarily starting this right now, but you know, having someone maybe as the lead of those things, like when you go to a conference, you might have a roundtable um, that covers a specific topic um, and there might be some set questions or some questions from the audience, so to speak. I guess you could have a similar type of scenario where there's these, say, four cornerstone areas we want to cover today, um, but then it's someone starts the ball rolling by talking about their experience. So someone might come a little bit pre-prepared, pre um, mm. But essentially, you just let the flow kind of happen organically where we go from talking about, you know, setting up a preparation block. And then, well, that led right into, you know, talking about how do we prepare someone like you we were talking earlier for the for the heavy lifting aspect of programming, because it's not just the number on the paper. It's preparing the athlete to perform. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I think it's a cool, a cool idea. Yeah. And it's a need. We know it's a need. Don't don't we? We've got to. We, we know that people want to upskill, and they don't want to keep relying on hook grip videos and, and all things gym videos. Um, you know, we want people to have an opportunity to talk through their philosophies. Their why do they why do they teach this? Why do they program that? What's their go to? What's this? You know, um, and give them a chance to disrupt their thinking and and re really challenge um, their interpretation of delivering um, a technical or skill or um, you know and 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 seeing how well the athlete acquires or implements the knowledge given um, and and you can imagine let's just say for example if we had um, a camp here so we might turn up on a Friday night and at that point it's just um, um, some get together and talk about what's going on, and then, but then Saturday we might bring in a group of athletes. Um, we might coach them. We might actually run a competition situation. So, so there's eight athletes and there's t um, sixteen coaches, say, and they have to um, work with that athlete. Probably they don't know them, so then you know quickly you've got a so there's competition setting and done. Like we can do all that. That's easy. Hey, that that's what's easy to do. So, but. I guess this is where I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit more accountable here on the podcast is around that shit should have been happening a year ago. And I've kind of let my role on the board um, cloud that. And that's nothing to do with the board. I have to keep saying that. That's, that's just me, me. That's just me. Whereas I am now saying that we've got to run these things. It's certainly a need because the pathway for coaches is there. And I don't need OWNZ board backing. Do you know what I mean? I, I'll just do it off my own bat. Um, and once it's up and running, I'll just let the board know, and then we'll 
tag Odell and Z with it. It doesn't, you know what I mean? We're just organized. It's not like I'm running a, a, a coexisting nationals, a competitor nationals, like a Rupert Murdoch nationals or something like that. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's look, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting conversation and, pa- and a, one of passion for me because I just don't want people to feel like I felt years ago, wandering out my finger up my ass, trying to figure out what the hell's to go, what to do next. Um, um, and making sure that I'm not going to be the reason why an athlete isn't going to reach their potential in this sport, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's exactly it. Is we're, you're, we're wanting, all of us want to be better, and I don't think there would be, well, maybe there is, but I don't think there would be a single coach that would think that they know it all. No, nah. no. Nah. If they do, they're I, probably not a very good coach. Or they've, or they've had very talented athletes walk in and, just out of sheer coincidence, they've done well. <laughs> I don't know. Even so, um, even so, if I think, if I like, from me personally, I've always got this whole thing of like one of my values is my own growth, um, and that's that's not my own growth just in knowledge. You know, that's character and everything. But that's one of my things is I I always seek to see what I can learn from others, and I think you learn so much from a conversation with someone else who's who's been there and done that. Um, and they've come in with their own biases and all of those sorts of things. So you do you have to interpret it through that lens. But you learn a lot more from those experiences than just rote learning. Like oh yeah, I, I just yeah, think it's, for sure. it's it's that whole practical side and that whole applied side. It's it's the best way to learn is to dive in and do it. And if someone's already gone and sort of paved that way ahead of you, you can learn from their learnings. Um, yeah. So I love this idea of a group of people getting together discussing what they do and what they've done and what worked, what didn't, and, you know, then finding out what others have done and how other people who have come across the same obstacle um, have got through it. Because when you're first coming into this sport, um, there's a lot of obstacles to get through. Um, And I just think, yeah, having having someone else to lean on and having a group like this or um, a weekend like this would be one of those great sort of, you know, boost type events you know like the turbo almost you you chuck it in and and then you're going like it's a good kickstart so yeah 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 and 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 i and i think further to that further to that it's the fact that that continues people will continue to take that information back to their own communities you know um they will continue to spread the word of what's going on and and you will go back to your lifters and and your lifters get the application of or get the knowledge that you've learnt and get to put it into application. And then when they hopefully move on to becoming coaches and coaching people that, that so the network keeps growing. The web the web gets bigger and bigger. Um, it's yeah, look, it's a big need, man. And it's something that um, I'm real keen to pursue um, because if more coaches, mate, means better athletes. Better athletes means better competitions, and better competitions means us making a greater um, wave through oceanic um, weightlifting and then obviously on a world stage at some point. I, I'd like to believe that we could uh, – I mean, David's world-class, um, and um, obviously Kana has – um, done extremely well, winning a snatch gold and um, a bronze, or a, mm. so yeah, bronze, you know, and obviously taking a, uh, although albeit late, uh, youth Olympics medal, um, which is just unheralded. 
So, but it's 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 about us seeing those sorts of um, numbers multiply by two and three and four, um, uh, and, and that's going to come from coaching. Let's be honest; that will come from coaching. New Zealand is so good at rugby and cricket, especially rugby. We're real good at it because we've got hundreds of volunteer coaches across the across the the um, the across the country, right? Hundreds, and. So just out of pure maths, it makes sense that we're going to have some of the better coaches in the world because there's just so many of us doing it. Um, whereas in weightlifting, you know, I don't know how many coaches exactly there are, but if we can double that number, then the ability of our athletes is going to is going to improve. It has to improve, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent, and and yeah, I think. The more we can develop the coaches, the better the coaching. As you said, the better the athletes, the better the results. And we know that when there's competition, um, it pushes everyone to be better. Um, yeah. It's not just like the, only this group of athletes get better. If all of our coaches get better, then all of our athletes get better. The competition between the athletes gets better, which means the numbers start to go up. I mean, we've seen that in America. Um, the level of competition in the last sort of 10, 15 years at their nationals or their American Opens has growing exponentially you know the level of athlete in each weight class is so much higher and that's because of participation um, and that's because of growth in the sport so I think if we can grow the number of coaches that's only going to grow the number of athletes because passionate people bring along passionate people you know yeah yeah they bring a following they're pied pipers of some sort usually and um, and that's where the the mark has got to be on the improve of the national averages of what people are hitting in weight classes. Um, and I think it's growing because how many more people are qualifying for nationals? You know, um, it's grown exponentially. But then how do we make it so that our the discrepancy between um, our last place lifter, essentially, from a session to first, isn't a magnitude of kilos, you know, I mean, that, that always happens in our sport, right? I mean, look at Lasha. Lasha's stool, you know, second place was, I mean, second place hit 460. That would have won the Olympics in 2012, you know, and he and Lasha beats him by 24 kilos. There are outliers in the sport, and there always will be. There's always outliers. But just having the fact that we've got real competitive um, weight classes and coaches get challenged in that in that space you have to make the right decision, man. You have to make the right call. Did I make the right call? That lifter goes out. What's that number? Da, 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 da. Like that's where we grow. That's where we grow. That's the growth um, as a coach. So, uh, and we only get to we only really get to jump into that sort of setting at nationals and maybe North Islands. You know, so we want to create more situations like that where there's a far more competitive situation of what's going on and. Um, we've just got to forge those things and that's something I'm real determined to do. Yeah, and I mean, that that whole idea of experiencing a competition is one of those things that if you've only done a local comp, you, you don't quite understand the idea of counting attempts of, the, of how people change because I remember I'd done a few um, competitions down in Wellington, uh, 41 degrees comps and that, and generally because of the number of competitors, you know, two, three years ago, you were following yourself. So there was no real need to understand how to change your count and have people going up and down and missing attempts and two minute clock versus a one minute clock. Um, and I remember my first competition where, where I practiced this, it was in North Islands. Um, 
and you know thankfully I had had Gibbo and Wongi teaching me that stuff as well um so so I got sort of a, a just straight jump into it and go um there was no mucking around it was it was coaching I think we had Corey at that competition and that was kind of my jump in and go there was no mucking around right you're coaching someone at a yeah. national level competition and their success now depends on you warming them up at the right time so yeah that's that experience that is you you can't practice that at a local meet currently no um, whereas if the numbers no, were more and they were more competitive there were more people having similar weights um we definitely see that people had to learn and i guess more coaches more athletes more results means those local comps can become more of a learning opportunity um, for making the right calls with choosing attempts and that. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, mate, um, when it goes to when it comes to a national event, and all of a sudden you've got coaches that are ruthless and will burn you and things like that, like you, you won't learn that at a club comp, you know. You just don't. It's, you just don't get that practice on that sort of stuff. So um, it's just so important that that we can try to bring the growth of the coaches up because if the growth of the coaches comes up, then that, then that setting will change. That sort of situation will change dramatically um, um, moving forward into, into the future with our sport, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's been a pretty cool yeah. discussion today. Um, I feel like we've kind of thrown around a whole bunch of um, ideas and exciting things that we could potentially um, look into in the sport. Um, and yeah. I think it's definitely given us some sort of stuff for me and you to think about and maybe some of the other guys and girls who coach um, and listen to us maybe they're going to be keen to sort of listen out for what might develop in this area perhaps when we have these get togethers um, yeah. we can kind of get them on board so yeah, yeah I'm, going to, I'm going to put it up on, I'm going to put it up on um, Instagram today I'll put up something like um, in my story um, who's keen on a Zoom uh, Zoom coach call for weightlifting and see what I can generate. I'll tag you. I'll tag you on it. Um, and let's let's just get that ball rolling. That'd be awesome. Let's man. start with we start with a Zoom Zoom call, and then um, and then uh, we can go from there. You know. You know what we've never done at the end of the episode, right? What? Told people where they can actually follow us. Oh yes, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Well, you can follow me. Uh, my Instagram is Ray underscore Everest. Cool, and I'm found at um, Pretty straightforward. HJP Method, just all one word, HJP Method, no dots, no underscores. Easy. Easy okay. as that. Um, and, yeah, if you guys all do right. like what we're doing in that, eh, we'd, we'd love to see the, the, you know, the, the content shared and spread around in that because, you know, the more people we can get in touch with again, the more we can help to, to grow the sport, especially in Aotearoa. So, yeah. Yeah. Please like, share, comment. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Ray. All right, brother. Talk soon. Sweet. See you.